And I remember the, the one pony I thought was just adorable and I wanted her, but she was way too much money. So we ended up with the cheapest one. <laughs> and I guess that's where my um, learning to ride at speed happened and the beginning introduction of eventing, maybe. Oh, <laughs> because no. she would take off and fly across the whole neighborhood with me. <laughs> Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. Everyone knows how much we love mane and tail. And recently, our little Stanley got a rash under his neck. Yeah, so right under his collar, he got a rash. He started scratching. It got really, really red. Uh, I got worried, but well, we got worried, and we took him to the vet. So, as everyone knows, we've talked about before on the show that our Sparky has bad coat and bad skin, and he's had allergies his whole life, and we've always struggled with that. And now here's Stanley started with us, so we were very worried. Took him to the vet, and the vet said, you know what the vet said, Karen? She said, use mane and tail Protect. Protect line. So, here's the deal. You can use Protect every day on that hot spot scratches rain rot ringworm ringworm so uh there's directions on the bottle get the bottle but you can use it every day but the key is you got to let it sit on their coat for about 10 or 15 minutes let it really soak in because that contact is what's going to fix this and let it dry really well don't let the water fester on there so what we have to do is we have to let Stanley's collar off and let it air out really good we don't want any moisture which we think is possibly him running around and creeks and swimming <laughs> and all types what? of stuff. <laughs> you know how the barn dogs are. You have a barn dog at all. So Karen, tell us a little bit more about the Protect line shampoo. So it's a veterinary strength medicated shampoo that provides a complete cleaning and protection treatment of topical skin problems. And it is pH balanced and safe for daily use. Yeah, so and that's what I didn't realize is that we can use it every day to get this stuff cleared up. And we're using it every day and our dogs are it's amazing. It's night and day how fast it cleared up. So Really, really um, fantastic stuff. So, Karen, people, how do how do people learn more? Uh, just go to maintaintailequine.com. And get it at your local tech shop, right, Karen? Yes. Fairfax and Favor is even good for guys like me, Karen, who are shopping. So, what's really cool is they have color collections. So, they have matching handbags and accessories that go with shoes, all different types of shoes. So, for a guy like me who's shopping, it's very simple for me to match up what you have. So your birthday's coming up soon. Just kind of curious if there are some favorite color that you like. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with their mango and cornflower collection right now. Mango and cornflower. Yes, perfect for the summer season. Yeah, so mangoes kind of looks like a mango color. Mm -hmm. Cornflower is like a baby blue. Yes. Super, super cute. And they come with, they have shoes and accessories and all these different colors. So it's very easy to match. And, and, you know, for a guy like me, who's not very good at that. (laughs) Right. And they also have the trainer with the mango and cornflower stripes. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. So that way, just think about it. You get the trainer with two different color stripes and then. Oh, two different purses. Exactly. Ooh, so, a mango mm, purse and a cornflower I'm purse. I'm myself in trouble. <laughs> you sure are. So, Karen, if people want to check mango and cornflower out for themselves and other great Fairfax and Favor products, where do they go? All they have to do is go to fairfaxandfavor.com. This episode is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. To learn more about Red and Goat, visit their Facebook and Instagram pages and go to redandgoatequestrian.com. 
Triple Crown Feed. Oh, man. yeah. Triple Crown, big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have a, tons of, of great products out there, mm-hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people that support the show. Trish Scott's got us covered, and she can cover you. Trish is on with us to talk about equine mortality and medical coverages, which there's a lot of changes, Trish. So tell us what's going on in the industry right now, and how can you help people? Yeah, there's a lot of changes going on in the equine mortality medical coverage right now, and I just wanted to put the word out there that we don't have to be afraid. Changes are coming, but um, I can certainly take care of you know whatever you know whatever questions, concerns you know our, our vendors have. Um, right now, the biggest one is Great American is not offering any medical coverage to any renewals or new business. But and the thing is with our vendors, they're the one of the top three rated horses for um, you know for mortality. So it's a very unique breed of animal, very unique training. So we need to make sure that your policy is covered. Um, I have access to some of the top rated carriers right now. They are all offering full mortality, medical, surgical, any coverage is needed for our vendors. Don't worry about it. Just give me a call. I'll be more than happy to walk through your current policy and make sure that your renewal is covering your horse. Not a problem. Just give me a call. I'm always available. 484-319-8923. I'm Robbie. And I'm Karen. And we're your hosts of the Major League Eventing Podcast. And Robbie... We got a really cool guest today. Yeah, very excited. Yeah, so she's Swedish. A little bit different than usual. Yeah, we never had a Swedish uh, eventer ever on the show. Right. Welcome to the show, Jenny Jarnstrom Dennis. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We get a lot of Canadians and Americans, not too many. And Australians. uh, And Australians, not too many people, you know, on the other side of the ocean here. On the other side of the Atlantic. Me and Eric Duvan that is trying to take over. There we go. (laughs) There you go. go. (laughs) Now, we know you're not in Sweden right now, but can you tell us where you're coming to us from? Um, I live just outside Orlando in Florida, year round. Okay. Very nice. A native by now, since you've been here over 10 years, that that's when you become a native of Florida, they say. Oh, wow. Yeah. Robbie will be there in that area in... Like three weeks. Three and a half weeks. June. Yeah. Going on his honeymoon down there. Ooh. Yeah. He's well, been a couple of days down to Disney. I'd be like, you're welcome to stop by, but I'm thinking on your honeymoon, that might not be what you want to do. <laughs> oh, hopping on a horse might not be the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> His fiance. I think we also have summer camp going on, so that might be a an added bonus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. His fiance, she's a writer too, and and she's a she's a school teacher. So yeah. you, you might want to. He could employ them on their honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I can always use the hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so Jenny, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Oh. Um, 
I was, I think I want to say I was one of the lucky ones because both my parents have written at some point in their life. And, and um, so they got me actually into the horses. My um, dad got me in front of him at a couple of months old, I think. Not approved by my mother, but my dad thought it was a great idea. And then we... Um, uh, yeah, that was my start until I eventually got my own pony at four. Oh, nice. And so you grew up in Sweden. Um, what What's the, the horse scene like over there? Um, I mean, it, it's pretty populated with horses for it's a small country as far as like, I think it's like nine, 10 million people only. But um, it, it's quite a big part of the Swedish people, I would say, with the horses. So, all right, you got your first pony when you were four. Do you remember the pony's name? Indian. A little pink Shetland pony. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, did you get inve- uh, into eventing with Indian or did you just start taking <laughs> lessons and then go from there? No, he um, definitely didn't do much more than teach me to try to stay on because he would dump me all the time. That's what Shetland ponies do, right? Yeah, yeah. that's not the best. <laughs> and then when I tried to catch him, he would bite my thumb. So I had to learn to keep my thumb in when I go to grab the reins. I remember that much. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, like a pony. But he was a loner, so um, they got him as a companion. Because they bought actually our first broodmare, I'd say, when I was four. And we got to borrow him for a year. So I got the bonus of getting to ride the little companion pony. But then my next pony, um, we went to my dad, took us to, um, I think, kind of like a sales barn or probably more like a trader. And I remember the the one pony I thought was just adorable, and I wanted her, but she was way too much money. So we ended up with the cheapest one. <laughs> and I guess that's where my um, learning to ride at speed happened, and the beginning introduction of eventing, maybe. Oh, <laughs> because no. she could take off and fly across the whole neighborhood with me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. So that was maybe... I thought it was fun, but I don't think my parents enjoyed it as much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> uh, so, um, so what point did you start competing? Um, that was probably not until I was ten or something like that. I um, they we had the farm, and and then um, I actually started riding the first offspring we had. So when he was three, was a warm blood. And I'm like eight or nine at this point. I started riding him bareback because we only had one saddle. Oh, wow. <laughs> a three-year-old. We would ride him all over the place. And I actually like would go trail riding and jump over little brick things in the woods like to, with my mom, but following my mom's with a broodmare. So that was fun. But then eventually they actually got me a really nice pony that was good in the dressage. And I got my first like real riding lessons. I think I was like nine and probably nine or 10. I started competing him 
um, a lot in the dressage, some jumpers, and we had like cross country competitions that like was just cross country on the ponies. Oh, that's different. We have like pure pony eventing in Sweden though, or in Europe, I should say. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen the the pony. I don't know if you call it pony eventing or I don't know what it's called, but those ponies are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very. Like my little kids, I have little students that are like eight and ten years old that are riding like beginner novice, novice and starting training, but they have to ride against the adults. Like they're that's kind of a big ask for a little kid i think <laughs> it is it is so in europe i guess kids only compete against kids or is it mixed like here no i only competed against other kids until i was 18 hmm. yeah, that's kind know. Nice. yeah that, I, that is nice because you know over here you have you have these kids competing against you know Philip Dutton, right? <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. at least for the starting. But said so they jump big jumps. I mean, they like the pony jumpers. They're legit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They make me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. I actually went. Um, I graduated high school at fifteen. In Sweden, it's a little different. Hmm. And I went and worked for a jumper rider. His name is Gusta Asker for one year um, in England. Okay. And I would go with him. I remember going to the Welsh Championships, like at a show jumping show. And this little boy on this pony just like cantered over to our warm up jump and just jumped over it. And it must have been, I want to say, meter 45, maybe. And I was like, he's like, I think we're done now. He <laughs> said, I'm ready. <laughs> like, he didn't want to jump anymore in the warm-up. Oh. Oh <laughs> this my little kid, I did him. It was cute. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why do you think that isn't popular here? Like, with the with the pony jumpers and, like, these little kids jumping, you know, big jumps on ponies. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I know they started it like at the hit shows and stuff for a little while, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't seem to really take off a whole lot. So maybe so we have a lot of like lower jumps, like 0.65 at WEC and all that stuff that the kids can do. So I guess they still have like a safe, good way of starting out, I think. Yeah. So is that something like over in Europe where they just don't have those smaller classes compared to here? Or what do you think is the difference? Not as much. Definitely not as much, I don't think. We have like clear round jumping that can start probably, I think, at 0.7 or something like that, that we go and do a lot with the youngsters um, in Sweden. But not, not, not in such a large scale as here. And also we don't have the hunters. Right. So uh, kids can't like start doing short stirrup um and that sort of stuff. So I think that's part of part of um the difference as well. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. So you went to England for a year with the show jumper. 
Where did you uh, go from there? Um, then I went back home. I actually got to do fox hunting there with him and kind of got an extra taste for the cross country and the going. Like, I just loved that part of it. And then um, I went back home and got a nursing degree in Sweden. And then I got an opportunity to come here when I was 21. Okay. And it was going to be for a year and um, I never left. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what was that opportunity to come over here for? Um, I can't, there was actually my, my boyfriend at the time um, had a, a job for a year here and allowed me to come and join. And then I started um, working for some people and I just, the, if you're an eventing nut, I think you are an eventing nut. Like you can't help it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like I would build jumps. I would go to the dump next door and go and get like PVC pipes and then I had like round bales of hay rolls and all you could do. I could drive the tractors. I dug holes in the ground to get ditches and just all kinds of stuff, building my own little cross-country course for the people I work for. And then I bought um, my first horse here, which was a little appendix racing quarter horse. Hmm. And like she was so game, one of the most amazing horses ever. And I rode my first Kentucky on her oh. and I bought her off the track when I came. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Right? An appendix quarter horse in Kentucky. Yeah. That's. Well, you don't see too many of like that breeding in general and eventing, especially not making. At the upper levels. Level. No. And she was like 15, one and a half. <gasps> oh, She's wow. Tiny. And not the best mover. <laughs> but I probably could have ridden her around in a halter and lead rope. Uh, like she was the sweetest horse. She tried everything I ever asked for her. Mm. A cool horse. Yeah, yeah very. that is cool. Now, what part of the U.S. did, when you, when you came over here, what part of the U.S. were you uh, based out of? Um, basically just outside around Orlando the whole oh. time, actually. Oh, okay. All right. So you went straight to the warm weather. Yeah, you went straight to the good spot. <laughs> well, coming from Sweden and then living in England, I definitely um, prefer not freezing all the time. <laughs> I bet. I being wet. That's not either. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. Now, like, how would you... So, I mean, obviously, you know, you did quite a bit over in Sweden and you know, you've been here for, you said about 10 years or so. Like, what would you say is kind of like the competition scene like over there compared to here? Like what's the riding culture and competition scene like? Um, so, but the eventing part is not as big in Sweden. I think like the, the show jumping is definitely the main focus. So like the eventing is like definitely like trailing after the show jumpers and the dressage. Gotcha. world for sure but and most of the event riders actually live not in sweden i would say mostly several of them live in the uh, like the team riders they live in in germany or in england i would say mostly huh. it's kind of 
bad a little bit, I think. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that also kind of brings us a little bit to where you are now. So I know that you have the Class Act Farm is your business. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have going on there? Yes, um, I do a little bit of, of everything, sort of. Um, I have the farm got named from my little quarter horse that I rode Kentucky. Her name was Steel Classy. And so that's where I got the farm name from her. And um, I leased for a long time a farm for like over 15 years, I think. And then I thought one day I need to actually kind of grow up and become an adult. So I sold all my, I had four advanced horses at the time, and I sold several of them to gather enough money to buy my own farm. Mm -hmm. And I bought the farm where I'm at now, and it was um, at an auction, and I don't know how to handle this and had not borrowed any money ever or anything really so that was a big take and I was like the highest bidder at the auction and I was shaking for days <laughs> <laughs> to be able to get a loan and and but I had enough for like the down payment like so I it was exciting but it was really run down like a total mess um and it took a long time to get it get it built up and stuff. But now I have um, kind of a nice little business going. It's outside Orlando, so it's convenient for clients to come to. And um, it's not enough acreage that I wish I had, but it's actually some really good trails around here where they have the hiking trails for, for bicycle trails and stuff. Okay. And they actually have a horse path next to it. So nice. I can do my trot sets and I have like a hill next to water plants, but I can gallop even though I'm like not even 30 minutes from downtown Orlando. Wow. That's a sweet spot though. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> we like it. <laughs> For sure. And uh, so you, you, you talked about your young students. What do you have um, going on with them at your farm? So I have um, a, several girls that help me teach. So they do like the beginner lessons. I have a few school horses. And then the goal is always to get them onto their own horses. My, my, my little slogan is that my school horses are just here to give you a taste of it and teach you the beginning part of riding, not to fulfill your dreams. So when people start getting really goals and really liking it, I want them to get their own and do the whole part, like where you have to take care of them and be responsible and all that stuff. And I, I really enjoy that part of my job. Yeah, that's, and, that's fun. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that that's fun because uh, we, Robbie and I, we both taught um, beginners at a local um, lesson barn and it, it's it's fun you know teaching the the little ones and watching them grow up and then getting their own horse yes and I also have a group of adults that is equally rewarding I think to start with I found that a little trickier because adults think more but now I 
I find it like a, a enjoyable challenge because many of them have wanted to ride all their lives and finally like have the finances to do it or the time or or some road when they were little and they just like want it so much so I, I enjoy that part too I have a lot of wonderful adult clients here that ride some compete some just rides for fun and that's okay too yeah absolutely now yeah uh, what horses uh, do you have behind you now? Uh, co- any competition horses? Um, I have my my four star horse name is Flower Girl. Her bar name is Lily, and um, she's done she's done really well a lot of times. We had kind of a bad a bad break at Tryon a couple of weeks ago at the four star lawn, and she jumped around and I pretty much was on the minute markers at the eight minute marker. And then she found a jump that she didn't understand. Uh. I think so. And she like spooked for a skinny jump down. I was like, no. So on Sunday, I'm driving to Canada to ride Bromont instead with her. Oh, wow. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. But I mean, you know, you still had a, uh, you had a pretty good showing at Ocala um, earlier at their, uh, their four star. Yeah, she's a fabulous horse. I was kind of a little bit of a mishap, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I think so anyway. She's a real, I'm really lucky. I love this horse. And what what breed is she? She is, um, well, she's not registered, but she is Hanoverian and Belgium, basically cross. And I have actually two foals by her, or yearlings, that I took um, from embryos last year with surrogate mares. Oh, okay. I, yeah. So are you into the breeding at all? Yes. I um, I started riding like my parents' horses and then I have, my mom have kept breeding and several of our homebreds have gone to the four-star level. And... Um, th- this is the first time I have bred out of one of my own top mares. So, like, these would be my first ones, and they actually lost their manhood today. Oh, they were getting a little rambunctious, uh, and I'm like, nope, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. But I really enjoy it, and I, I, I think I used to break horses from when I was like 12, I think, for the breeders to pay for my own horses, to pay my way on being able to keep the horses. And um, one summer, actually, when I was 13, I went to work for um, a Swedish family that bred um, some really, really nice horses, which one of them was Markoville, that ended up being sixth at the Barcelona Olympics. Oh. And I got to break her for her when that's I cool. went there for the summer. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. Huh. So, so I like working with the breeders. Like, it's so neat. I they, they put so much time into it. And then if you can bring them along, like Lily, that I have my four-star horse now, I bought her from the breeder. And my three-star horse, I also bought from the breeder. 
Okay. And then I bought like seven from these lovely Deborah William Corf. They're all the way out in Oklahoma. I have never met them, but I feel like they're like my best friends. And I have <laughs> seven or eight of their offsprings here now. Oh, wow. Very nice horses. Yeah. Now with your horse, Lily, what stallion um, did you breed her with? Mm, very exciting, I think. Grafenstaltz. And Grafenstaltz is the sire of Lord Graffalo that Ross Cantor just won uh, badminton on. Oh. And okay. William Fox Pitt rode a Grafenstaltz. There was five, I think, Grafenstaltz at badminton this year. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> top, top sires, um, eventing sires in the world. He's been for, I think, four or five years. Okay. Right, be on the lookout then yeah, for the next gonna, couple of years. Yeah, we're going to look out for these uh, these babies coming up. Are they going to have have um, a version of his name in their name? Um. Yes. So my husband kind of named them a little bit. But so there's be a little, little, maybe too much information. But the first one, um, we named him after his dad that passed away two days after he was born. And his name was Ernie. So it's Ernie von Stoltz is his name. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And the other one is Eric von Stoltz because there's, my husband is British and there is a kids tv show that is eric and arnie oh that's funny oh okay oh, i like that i like that too i like that oh all right yeah. we're, what about three years three yeah. what, three years from now we'll start looking out for them out and about right ernie and eric there ernie and eric are you gonna do any of the young event horses with them hopefully i hope so um i we jumped them for the first time yesterday. I mean, hole on the ground and a tiny little X. But that was pretty cute. And they are now full siblings. And one is really almost black. Ooh. Looks just like his dad. Like Graffin Stoltz and neck up in the air and all alert to everything and a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, like... The kids can lead him, and he's like a little bay with a big star, and he like stands there quietly waiting, and he's so good. Oh, <laughs> you gotta have a little both. Hmm. Yeah, you gotta have one of one of each, one of the uh, the high strung <laughs> ones, and the uh, the puppy dogs. Yes, exactly. Aww. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> kind of curious to see like how they do. Like, is the high strung one going to be like the the top one, or is it just going to be the the little mellow one that's going to take everyone, you know, mm -hmm. take the eventing scene by storm, you know? <laughs> I know, right? Well, I I know that I definitely want them to get every chance to have a good start. Yeah, so. definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Eric and Ernie can't wait to see them go. <laughs> 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 okay. And do you have anything else going on in your business? Do you take on any um, training horses at all? Um, yes, I, okay. I definitely do. And I have um, had many working students over the years, which is also one of the things I, I definitely enjoy. And I get um, interns from 
overseas quite a bit too that wants to come and see America. So I have a girl from Germany that's been here for three, four months. She's here like another month or so, month and a half maybe. Okay. And I think that's cool because I got to travel and, and see different parts of the world with the horses and I, I like to be able to offer that and they're good workers usually too. Yeah, for sure. Do you get a lot of working <laughs> students from overseas or you know, is it just kind of this one girl? Um, I've had three German girls in a row actually right now. And then I have a very, very nice um, American girl that's here. That's fantastic. That's helping me too. So awesome. I'm, I'm in good shape at the moment. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good. Awesome. All right. Well, Jenny, we are going to play quick fire questions. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and <laughs> quick fire questions is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. Get your all weather outerwear by going to redandgoatequestrian.com. So we're just going to ask you five random silly questions. You don't have to be quick, but we will grade you at the end. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. Favorite rider growing up? Favorite rider growing up? um, Eddie Mackin. Oh, I don't know that name. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Was he an inventor or? Nope. Show jumper. Volvo World Cup. It used to be called Not World Cup, and that's from my town in Gothenburg. So I watched the World Cup finals every year, and he won a bunch, and he was cool to watch. Very cool. All right, we have to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, If eventing was not an option, what other riding discipline would you like to try? Well, for eventing, we do dressage and show jumping. So would that be like, that still is called trying one of those? That's an option. It's an option. (laughs) (laughs) We get a lot of people saying like raining or bell racing and stuff like that. racing and cutting and... (laughs) Oh, no. I probably, it would be splitting hairs between show jumping and dressage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. the jumpers make sense with uh, with Sweden. It sounds like that's a very big thing. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, do you have any good luck rituals or superstitions before you leave the start box? Mm, I have specific socks that I use for each discipline, so to speak. I have like my a few that I choose between in my dressage socks. And then my cross country socks and then my show jumping socks are different. So and they don't mix and match well. <laughs> well, what if you have a one day event? <laughs> do, you, do you switch your socks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I only get suspicious when it's a big event. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I was gonna say it's <laughs> a lot changing. Between between yeah. show jumping and cross country, instead of changing your horse's boots, you're changing your socks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be Funny. I think that Buck Davidson maybe with his suspicious socks. Oh yeah, he wears the red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. All right. Uh, do you have any hobbies outside of horses? Yes. This sounds almost bad to say, but I love boating. Oh, Ooh, fun. That's not bad. 
right. But it sounds like a little like I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> it, we we tried time. the boating and the horses yeah, at one point. Boating and horses don't really go well together. No. <laughs> it's, it, it, well, they could. So it's, I it's hard. Horses be go boating. <laughs> yeah. We, we had a boat and... You know, boating up here in our area is only, what, May to maybe October, depending how October is. Depending on how warm you want to get dressed. And that's when the horse show season is. And it was hard picking, all right, this weekend we're going boating, this weekend horses, and it was tough. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a luxury to get to take the time to do it. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right. So final question. Okay. If, if you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh, wow. I mean, is it, am I being biased saying flower girl? No. No. no if that's If that's who you want to ride, you know? Yeah. Like I'm, I just love riding her. She's just amazing. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's who you <laughs> All right. Well, what do you A think? plus plus. A plus Very plus. Awesome. There you go. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. My goodness. Yeah, that was- for sure. That's very nice of you to think of me. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So we got we're gonna wind things down, but before we um before we let you go, we always ask for advice. Um so maybe do you have any advice for a young rider trying to make it in a sport? Yes, my favorite line if there is a will, there is a way. And if you want it, go for it. I came over here with one suitcase and I built up this farm. I just built a covered arena last year. I've had that on the drawings for like 15 years. I finally built it. I and but don't get yourself in debt. Try to stay ahead. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's very good <laughs> that's advice. Big, <laughs> that's awesome. That is really good advice. <laughs> awesome. And uh and Jenny like We'd like to make sure that you also have a chance to kind of give any shout out to any sponsors or you know, other big supporters of yours. So are there any sponsors or supporters that you want to give a shout out right now? I I actually wish like I had more. I've been so fortunate with a few like personal friends that have like a tech shop, Southeast Sport Horse is her name or has her tech shop's name. And um, several others that have sort of helped out, like the local feed stores that are just amazing to put up with me, dance feed in our area, like if you're down at around Rocking Horse and stuff, they're amazing. And then the um, Voltaire Design, I was lucky to be one of the first event riders in the country to get to ride with them here. They just happened to be at a hundred jumper bar next door to me. And I got with them and they absolutely incredible to work with. Like I just got a package today with a sun shirt with a logo on it just because she was thinking of me, a rep. So people like that are just um, quite amazing. And then lastly, one of the biggest ones is all my clients that are so supportive for when I'm not here and all the other students, the kids, they will help to keep the other horses going. 
they'll make sure the tail is wider when I come back than when I left <laughs> on my gray horse, like all these little things that I think is just, and it warms my heart, makes me happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great. Got a lot of great uh, people behind you, for sure. Yes, very. And then, um, all right, so how do people follow along if they want to, if they're in the Orlando area and they're looking, you know, for their their kid to get uh, some lessons? How do they uh, get in contact with you? Um, we, well, we have a website. I still think it looks good, but, you know, that's my opinion, right? <laughs> <laughs> And we have like the number and the contact information and stuff on there and the lesson prices if it's for people that are not so familiar with the courses. Awesome. They information that way. Great. And uh, do you got, and do you have any like Facebook, Instagram, anything like that that people could uh, follow along with? Yes. A lot of it I do under my own name with Jenny Johnston Dennis and then also class act form that we keep up a bit, but a lot, a lot of things I do under my, my personal name and they can follow that way. Absolutely. Perfect. If someone wants to get a hold of me, make sure that they definitely do like a private PM message as well so that I don't miss it. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Well, Jenny, it was really great getting to know you. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to, can, I don't know if you can, can you um, say something in Swedish for our listeners? Hmm. Lycka till. Oh, what's that mean? Good luck. Ooh, that's oh, that's a good one. I like that. That's no, like good luck for something. How, <laughs> how do you say it again? Lycka till. Lika team. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then one word, if you go to Sweden, that's one word that you have to learn. It's fika. Ooh. And it's spelled F-I-K-A. And that's, we drink coffee and have a little snack, like a little cookie or something. So if you go to somebody's house, they will say, oh, come on in, have some fika. And you would learn that pretty quick that we have a lot of fikas in Sweden. <laughs> Fika. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Very cool. Awesome. <laughs> Got a little, little uh, Swedish uh, yeah. lesson. Little language lesson here. Little That's language cool. lesson. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jenny, again, thank you so much. And, you know, we can't wait to see you out and about at the shows. Sounds good. You have to wish me luck in Swedish for Bromont. Oh, how do you say it? Yeah, how do you say that? How do you say, wait, no, she told us. I, I can't remember. I was too busy on the fika. There you go. Likatil. Likatin. Likatin in Bromont. Sounds good. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll work on it. Yes. Awesome. Well, all right. Likatin in Bromont. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and never miss an episode of the Major League Eventing Podcast.